Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Word association with John MacArthur. I use the complete idiot's guide to the Bible. Unqualified. Why can't my kids come into the service? Because we have PG-13 services. Unqualified. That has a nice ring to it. Unqualified. It wasn't a compliment. Junior church has taken over. It's designed for elementary kids or junior higher. Who doesn't feel unqualified? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. And that's what it means when you hear my voice first. It means that I'm in the studio and Todd's out on the campus somewhere. And today that's Georgia Tech. He's on the hunt, not for grades and diplomas or anything like that. No, he's actually looking for genuine conversations about faith. And honestly, that's not as elusive as you might think. That's not always been the case in the collegiate world, but increasingly Todd's finding students who, yeah, they want to sit down and talk to adults. They want an adult to actually listen to them. And that's what you'll find too. Let's head out to the campus now and see exactly who it is that Todd's wrinkled up. This is Malcolm who is studying. Now see, see, there's just a generational thing right there. You're like cool <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not. All right. What are you studying here? Uh, media entrepreneurship. So you want to be a media entrepreneur? Yes, sir, okay. technically. You know, dude, there's something about you. Whatever it is that you have, I'd like to have. So would you please teach me what it is that you believe so I can believe the exact same thing? What would you say to me? I don't think it's necessarily that you should believe what I do. I think it's more from the standpoint of you should discover kind of your own path because I don't want to like force Christianity on people. I'm not asking you to force it, but just tell me why you believe what you believe because I'm very interested. So you won't offend me no matter what you say. You should believe in him because you should believe that you was made with a purpose and that you could be saved from the standpoint because there's a lot of people kind of out there that are doing things that they're not too proud of and they think that oh, they can't be saved because they had all these years of bad stuff behind them. When a lot of people, like, in the church itself, like, if you go, like, you wouldn't really know it, but they all kind of have, not all of them, but a majority of them kind of have, like, their own kind of bad little past. But, yeah, that's from, that's why I should think, that's why I think that someone should kind of believe in God because it's, (laughs) Bro, you hit me with the deep questions off of real life. All right, you said two things. I want to ask, I want to ask you some questions okay. so you can explain it. You used two words that jumped out there. Purpose, that I'll, that I'll have purpose if I believe in God. But Malcolm, if I said to you, you know, I do. I, I've got a wonderful wife. I've got terrific kids. Uh, live a nice life. Get to go out to eat on occasion. I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need purpose. How would you respond to that? I mean, it seems like that person kind of got it figured out for now. So, so purpose wouldn't necessarily be a reason to believe what you believe. You used a second word twice, saved. So, that, so you can be saved. I'm not sure what you're talking about. That's more from the point of if you believe in heaven and hell. So if it's like when, I, when I'm saying saved, I mean from the point of the sins that you've done in the past. And if you believe in heaven and hell, that you can, like, hopefully go to heaven, depending upon what you've done. And if you have, like, 
kind of giving your life to God. You said that it's only you only need to be saved if you believe in heaven or hell. If I don't believe in heaven or hell, does that mean I don't need to be saved? Me personally, I believe that person still should be saved. Whether that person doesn't believe or does believe, I believe that they should be saved. However, if they don't want to be saved, I don't want to like push it onto that person. Yeah. I understand that. All right. Let me let me turn the tables on you. All right. And I'm I'm going to ask you to follow me just for a second. Okay. Let's see if we can reason together about this. All right. I'm a Christian. All right. So I'm going to give you my shot at why you should become a Christian. All right. Who made this microphone? Uh, the guy who. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you sure that Sure made this microphone? Either he made it or his company made it. I mean, his name. Fair, fair, yeah, that's right. Fair enough. All right. Malcolm, have you ever been to the Sure factory? I have not. Are you 100% sure this microphone was made somewhere by somebody? I mean, it exists, so it has to be made somewhere by somebody. Total agreement. Now, I intuit that. There's, this is too complex for this to just happen by itself. Now, your eyes, which observe this microphone, are more complex by a million times than this microphone. The wiring that then goes into your brain to process this information, have it expressed through your vocal cords, it is a bazillion times more intricately designed than this microphone. So I intuit, if somebody made this microphone, even though I haven't seen the maker, I haven't been to the plant, I conclude beyond the shadow of a doubt that we are also made by a maker, that we are created. So I start foundationally, God exists. And that God exists for everybody. Whether somebody acknowledges that God or not doesn't make any difference. He's still the one who made everything and has ownership rights on everyone. Fair enough? Yep. So now I'm trying to figure out who this God is. And I'm asking myself some big questions. Why are we here? What, what is the point? You know, you asked that in the beginning, you know, what's the point of all of this? How do I live? Where am I going when I die? So I try to answer those questions and here's what I conclude. I know that I have done bad things. You know, you were talking about the bad things that everybody's done. I've got a conscience. It's a courtroom in your brain that says, that was not right to do that. You shouldn't have looked at those images. You shouldn't have cheated on the test. You shouldn't have stolen that pen. I just know I've done bad things. Would you agree with that? Yes, sir. So now, if I observe the planet, I see courts, I see police, I see judges, and a justice system, that wrongdoing should be punished. And I think that the maker who made us has given us a conscience, that courtroom in our brain, to tell us we've done wrong because we have got ourselves a big problem. We are guilty before God. We are seen as guilty criminals. And God, if he is just, which I get a sense he is because I see and have a sense of justice, he's going to punish people for their law-breaking. And that's why when I die, I've got this nagging feeling this is not going to go well for me. I've got a sin problem. I've got a debt to pay to God, and I don't have the ability to pay it. So that's what I've, that's what I've figured out so far. There's a maker. He's, he's holy. He's righteous. I'm not. I should be punished. 
all right, now I'm going to send the ball over to your side of the net. That's how far we've gotten. You and I are guilty criminals. God should punish us and send us to hell. That's everybody's problem. What did God do so that guilty criminals don't have to go to hell? Can you tell me, Malcolm? What did he do so you don't have to go to hell? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there's, we know kind of, like he put stuff in place for us to kind of know what's right from wrong. So I agree. That's your conscience. We concluded that. But you're, you'd agree you're guilty? You've broken God's laws? I mean, I have before. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard. It's impossible not to do it at least once. You know, hey, not loving God the way we should, taking his name in vain, not being a good child, disobedient to our parents, being angry at people, looking with lust, lying, stealing, yeah. desiring. We've, we've all done it, right? Yeah. So you're, you're a guilty criminal. I'm a guilty criminal. God, he must punish guilty criminals. So now I'm asking you a Christian question. What did God do so that you don't have to be punished by him for eternity? I mean, G Jesus died on the cross to save us from that, so. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> That, that's it right there. Yeah, like that was how I was like, I was like, I was like, I know he's going somewhere with this. I was like, I'm trying to just figure it out real quick. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's, that's called the gospel. That's the good news that God died to save sinners. Because you see, if God just lets bad people off the hook, he'd be like a judge who lets the axe murderer go or the thief go or the pedophile go just because he's trying to be nice. You'd go, you're not being nice. You are not upholding justice. God is going to uphold justice and there's going to be a day in his courtroom for everybody and when the books are open he's going to see the crimes that they've committed not just against people but against him so god must punish sinners but god is good and he's rich in mercy but here's the conundrum if god just lets guilty criminals go he's not just but if god can have the fine that you and I owe, satisfied, paid, then he can let you off the hook because somebody paid your fine. That's what Jesus did for you. He paid your fine. Even though you've broken his laws, he paid your fine so that you could be forgiven and not go to hell, but go to heaven. That's the good news of the gospel. And that is why I think that people should become Christians because that's really originally what I asked you to do. Tell me why I should become a Christian. Well, I'm sharing with you what I would say to somebody. You should become a Christian because Jesus is your God and you're gonna face him on judgment day and it's not gonna be pretty. He's, he's not gonna be tender and meek and mild. He's the just judge of all the world and he's going to send lawbreakers to hell, but he'll save you this day if you'll repent and put your trust in Jesus. That's what I would say to somebody. Are you persuaded? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up that chat with our friend Malcolm, a future media entrepreneur. And Malcolm was a bit of a rare breed. I don't know if you caught it, but he's not the kid that runs away from faith in college, which is typically the modern narrative on college campuses. No, he's actually leaning into his faith. So that's not something you see every day. So pray for that young man. All right, well, we have much more witnessing still to come. It's a Witness Wednesday from Georgia Tech. 
We'll be back with more on Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones that are volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Thanks for listening to Ratchet Radio today. And we also thank you, our friends who have ventured through the aisles, the digital aisles of Ratchet.org. You're not just buying a book or a video. You're actually investing in truth, wisdom, and the kingdom of God. But listen, why stop at the checkout? How about joining us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Because it's a way to go deeper and to become part of something more than just a simple store transaction. It's about standing firm in the faith, reaching millions of people all over the world. But we need your help to do that. The gospel isn't something we just consume. It's something that we share and we need your help sharing it together. There's no sales pitch here. This is just an honest invitation to become a part of a mission that's changing lives all over the world. All of the details on how you do just that is at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat would you please consider supporting preborn it's a great ministry of life it has a high anthropology shares the gospel with women and with the dads preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched know your reformers Martin Luther was a German monk and professor who was plagued with doubt about his salvation. When he finally read the Bible for himself, he rediscovered the doctrine of justification by grace through faith. His bold witness for biblical truth was the spark that ignited the Protestant Reformation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back. It's a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which means Todd's out on the campus this week. Of course, it is Georgia Tech. And we'll get back out to the campus now where he continues to ask life's biggest questions. And he's actually not confusing anyone but himself. 
Okay, what's with the music? Uh, any idea? Something like the Letterman? Wow. I guess I, I haven't been in an elevator for a while. I think that's what they used to play, isn't it? Huh. Setting up for the UC... I wonder if it's a graduation ceremony. UCEP is going to happen here. And they're playing the sweet sounds of the easy listening station. Let's heat things up a little now, shall we? Come on, everybody, out on the dance floor. Let's celebrate the marriage of Michelle and Larry. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, while you're walking, could I ask you some questions on the radio? Uh, sure. You up for that? Are you done with classes? Nope. No? Honest? I got one more test left. Ugh. Which one? Dif- uh, DSP. Ah, Digital DSP. signal processing. I, you didn't have to tell me. What do you? I look stupid. What's dig? What? What is it? Digital what signal processing. Help me out. What does it mean? Um, it's uh, analyzing sinusoids and stuff like that, like in voice and different things. It can be applied to many different fields. All right, I'm just gonna bang my head against the wall. What's a sinusoid? A uh, sine wave, like from zero to pi, and it repeats itself and you want to know how dumb i am as if i haven't already demonstrated it i don't think i can remember 22 pi is 22.14 something 3.3.14 that's it <laughs> wow it's, oh, this isn't humiliating that's right 3.14 and then it goes on forever right yeah into infinity yeah well i mean yeah it's an unreal all right it's, it's an irrational, un- irrational number there we go i'm guessing right now you, along with everybody who's listening, thinks I'm just a complete idiot, right? Probably. All right, fair enough. But you know what? I think that's that's good, though. There's guys like you who think the way you think. I think in a different yeah. way, and then the whole world gets along. Yeah, thank well, the Lord for that. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Who's that? Well, Jesus Christ, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I'm the man. Yeah, Jesus Christ is the Lord. I see. And you're sure of that you saw you're talking now with the, yeah. the, your sinus your what are they called sinusoids? Yeah, they went to the other end of the spectrum. You said that with certainty. Yeah. All right. Prove to me that Jesus is Lord. Well, I mean, it's something that I've experienced personally. Okay. So I mean, it's not necessarily something. It's it's not hard, easy to explain. But um, I've ex- I've experienced the Lord working in my life. In very real ways. I mean, he's brought me through many hard times in my life. Um, many dark, brought me out of a dark place. So that would be an anecdote. But if I could, I could go find a, a Hindu who said the same thing about their little idol that's sitting up on their mantle. So I've got a Christian who says right. that their their idol worked, and a Hindu who says their idol worked. Why should I go for your idol? Well, I mean. The one thing I would say is that there, Jesus Christ is either the Savior of the world or the greatest liar on earth. Because he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are you saying then that the Hindu's idol is wrong? Yes, I am. Just like that? Yeah. So the majority of people in the world you believe are wrong? For the most part, yeah. I mean... They can come. They can probably find some truths within there, but all truth comes from God. Okay. So, all right. I want to give you 
Mm, 30 seconds. Give me your best shot. Convert me. Go. <laughs> well, uh, man, put me on the spot there. But, um... Dude, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this. Because ever since... What in, there's got to be something in math that's a 22-something. What am I confusing pi? What's a 20? Isn't there some number that is meaningful at 22? Uh... I know the gold ratio is pretty close to there. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, convert me. Um, uh, well, what? This is really kind of sad, but I Dude, mean, I said pi was twenty-two. <laughs> you have nothing to be ashamed of. But um, because the, uh, I mean, the one thing I, it's like. I just per- experience it so personally myself, and I would want you to experience it. So Experience what? Just the fullness of life within God. My life's full, dude. I mean, but there has to be some, like, everybody, like, struggles with something in their life. I mean... No. <laughs> Doing good. Kids are healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Wife's terrific. Paying the taxes. Life is Life is good. Yeah. So you don't see any need for any kind of God? No. No? Well, so... Alright. Well, I mean, how do you... What are your moral scale? What is your moral scale? How do you scale your, uh... I'm not in jail. Yeah? So it's basically based on deeds? Or, like, is it based on the law? Sure. Or just general societal norms of morality? I don't. Oh. I haven't murdered anybody. Haven't stolen anything. You know, good person. Okay. But for me, like a good person, they still can't get into heaven. Or do you believe in heaven and hell? That's a good question to start off with. Oh, wait a second. Why wouldn't a good person go to heaven? Because the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. But why? I'm a good because person. Because even though you're a good person, you have slipped up Shape. before. I've slipped up before. What you are you, slipped what are you up before and, and with sin. I mean, have you ever gone through the uh, the different um, the uh, Ten Commandments? Go ahead and use them on me. I mean, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. I mean, okay. have you ever done that ever before? Good question. Yes. So with that, with that sin, they become you become separated from God. Okay. And the only way to get back together through to God is through Jesus Christ. What if I give some money to charity? That's, that's, there's some people that believe that. And that's more of Jehovah Witness and stuff like that. I mean, there's different people that do believe that, but I don't believe that because that's not the what, the that's not biblically what's true. And I believe in the Bible and I believe what the Bible says is true. All right. Let me share something with you. What's your first name? I'm Rex. Rex, it's nice to meet you. King Rex, right? Yeah. Okay. Rex. When you got to that law part, mm-hmm. rock on. See, a lot of people are going to go to school here, and they're going to graduate, and they're going to get great jobs, and they're going to get huge homes and fancy cars, and they're going to have absolutely no need for God. But when you hit on that law business, that Ten Commandment thing, dude, you found the sweet spot. Because our need isn't a fulfilled life. Our need is forgiveness. That's right. what everybody's lacking. We've all sinned and fallen short of right. the glory of God. So use that law, dude. That was excellent. So the next time somebody says, well, why do I name Jesus? Or you're trying to witness to somebody, 
you don't need to be accusatory. You can actually just open up the law and use it like a mirror to hold it up to somebody's right. face because we all think we're good. Right. And we're yeah. self-righteous and arrogant. I'm not as bad as, well, that slug across yeah. the street there. Definitely. But when you compare people to God's standard, then right. they can go, okay, I get it. Hell becomes reasonable. And then the sacrifice of Jesus is suddenly esteemed and appreciated because God died for sinners. All right. So ask people questions like you did. Have you lied? Have you stolen? Have you looked with lust? That's right. a tough one. Yeah. It's every yeah. guy just yeah. in big trouble. Okay? Now, if God judged you, what would he give you? Heaven or hell? Right. And suddenly it becomes kind of reasonable, and then you can explain good news. God will send you to hell because he's just, but he wants to save you, and he sent his son Jesus to keep yeah. all the laws that you broke, and he kept them all, rose from the dead, defeated death, and now you must repent and put your trust in him. And he'll adopt you as his child, and he'll grant you everlasting life based on what Jesus did, not you. Right. So, dude, you got there. Use that law when somebody asks you for the hope that lies within you, what the reason is. Right. Because you got a savior from sins, not a life enhancer. It's sweet with Jesus. I'm a Christian, obviously. Okay, yeah. Okay? It's, it is the abundant life. But people don't need a high. They yeah. need forgiveness. Okay. And they need to be reconciled to God and restored in their relationship to Him. So focus not on the effects of the gospel, but the gospel right. itself. We get love, joy, peace, patience, etc. Right. But that's not the gospel. That's the result of the gospel. Okay. The heart of it is sinners saved by Jesus. Yeah. Dude, nice to meet you, Rex. Good to meet you, too. All right, man. See you. Goodbye. See you. Thanks for making me look like a dope. I appreciate <laughs> it very much. Now, that was a spirited conversation, wasn't it? That's probably a good way to describe it. <laughs> Rex was kind of reluctant at first, but uh, he came around. And stick around, stay tuned. We've got more witnessing from Georgia Tech still to come. It's a Witness Wednesday, and this is Wretched Radio. And it is now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start with a disturbing trend coming from Target. Isn't everything Target does kind of disturbing? Maybe so, but this one I find to be rather disturbing. They are selling a black paraplegic Santa ornament this Christmas. Now, why is that disturbing? Isn't being inclusive important? Well, maybe it is in some senses, but I, I don't know that this is about true diversity more than it is about cheap virtue signaling. That's exactly what I get from this. Christmas decorations don't need to be politicized. Regardless of what their intent is behind it, when you fixate on race and when you fixate on disability, all you're doing is risking reinforcing the divisions you're claiming to bridge. Let's shift focus now to a lawmaker in my great home state of Georgia. This lawmaker is suing her former county employer after being terminated for public drunkenness. And there's video evidence to show how incoherent she actually was. She was shouting profanities at EMT workers who were sent to try to assist her while she was inebriated. And now she's facing accountability for unbecoming conduct, and she has audaciously claimed discrimination. Oh, the entitlement attitude erodes personal responsibility once again. Hey, look, those in authority are held to high standards. If you don't like it, don't run for office. Rights come with responsibilities, and when leaders misbehave, dismissal like this is actually warranted. So let me get really, really, really overly spiritual with our next story. First off, it's kind of disturbing because there are reports out that Oreo cookies now contain less filling. <laughs> this is what's being labeled as an atrocity and shrinkflation 
and reporters are wondering should this concern consumers. They say companies are being very sneaky by downsizing products while charging the same prices and it's deceptive. And, and here's the part where I get overly spiritual. Why don't we all take the opportunity, instead of getting upset about less filling in our Oreo cookies, about actually finding contentment and being thankful. Hey, that's a novel idea this time of year. True satisfaction comes from being grateful for what you have, even when it doesn't perpetually increase and sometimes actually decreases. And now I'm off the soapbox. And finally, there was a rare bipartisan bill passed in Congress that averts a government shutdown. Well, that's good news, is it not? Political enemies and foes setting aside differences for the common good? That should be commendable, shouldn't it? I said I was going to stop being overly spiritual, didn't I? Our unity from our leaders really should be guided by justice and wisdom. But at this point, we'll just take what we can get. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible 1 Corinthians is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Paul addresses his concerns about divisions and immorality in the church. Then Paul answers questions from the Corinthians about marriage, food, worship, gifts, and the resurrection. When you want to understand God's high calling for the church, look to 1 Corinthians. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back for more witnessing on this Wednesday. Hey, I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd's out on the campus of Georgia Tech this week. We're going to send it back out to the campus now and hope that he doesn't make someone else late for their class. I'm asking people one question today. Ready? If you could ask God one question, what would it be? Um, I guess it would be... Why are we here? Okay. You don't know? Not really. I mean, there are answers. Every religion has an answer. People, even non-religious people, think they have answers. But when it comes down to it, we don't really know what we're doing here or why we're here. Like, We sort of just take it as truth. Do you, do you that think that it's discoverable? No, I don't think it is. That's why well, I think that's why I would ask God, because it's something that we can never know. It's just sort of, we take it as normal that we're here and that we're living our lives. I believe that Jesus is God. Am I wrong? Uh, I would say no. So you believe Jesus is God? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. When did you become a Christian? Uh, I was born into it, I guess, so... Okay. So, so when you have... What are you studying here? Uh, aerospace engineering. So when your child is born, he's <laughs> going to be an aerospace engineer? No, not necessarily. So how did you get born a Christian? Uh, well, it was sort of I was raised into it, so... It was sort of born into, I guess that was my family's mindset. And so, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, I wasn't born a Christian, but I was raised into it. And so, effectively, it's been what I've been believing my whole life. So, do you believe it, really? Yeah. You do? Mm -hmm. Tell me, how does a fellow like me get to heaven if I'm not a Christian? I don't think you have to be a Christian to get to heaven. I think if you do what you can to help others. I mean, not everyone's going to think what's right is the same thing that's right, but I guess within on a religious stance, what's right, if you do that, I think that's what it really takes to get to heaven. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Uh, I would like to. I try to be a good person. Have you told lies in your life? Yes, I have. Stolen anything? Uh, nothing major I can think of. It doesn't matter the object. It doesn't matter the value. The idea is what's behind it. The act of stealing? The act of stealing. Not what you steal. That's irrelevant. Not impressive to God. If it's a million or one dollar, but you've stolen, 
Have you lusted, had sexual thoughts in your mind about women? That I guess so, yeah. Okay, because that's another commandment, you know. If you mm-hmm. lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Mm-hmm. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Uh, I try not to. But you have. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. So that doesn't sound like a good person to me. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, that's... the Like, a big point of human life is the fact that we aren't perfect, that we try... I think the point of our life is to strive to be a good person. Not okay. Again, we're not imagine, always imagine a criminal standing before a judge who's broken the laws, mm-hmm. and he says, but judge, I've tried. The judge says, I don't care. I'm not interested in your trying. It has nothing to do with your crimes. You've broken the laws. I must uphold justice. I must give you what you deserve, what you've earned for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's justice, and our good deeds have no bearing on our case. If I murder somebody and tell the judge I was nice to 50 people, he really doesn't care because it has nothing to do with my act. Mm-hmm. So if you've broken God's laws, like everybody else, that would make you a bad person like everybody else, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, if you look strictly like that, then yeah. But really, it's not a black and white issue. You can't say that, oh, oh sure you, you've broken it and then you're a bad person or you haven't broken oh, it and you're a good sure. person. It's real easy. If a fellow... Let's say that guy underneath the tree raped a woman. Mm-hmm. Would you consider him to be a good person or a bad person? <laughs> I would say bad. Okay. You, one act, you're a criminal. The end. Mm-hmm. It's black and white. You lie, you're a liar. You steal, you're a thief. But I think that's the difference between the, the world we live in and really the world of religion. I mean, in religion, it's about forgiveness, that you can do... You can... Be, go from a bad person to a good person. You can take that journey from changing your life around. Where in the world we live in, we can't deal with things like that. We have to deal with it in absolute. Okay, let's go back to a courtroom here. Mm-hmm. If you said to the judge, okay, judge, I committed the crime 10 years ago, but I've really cleaned up my act. Judge says, good, you should, but you're still guilty. No matter how good you've been since the crime, it's irrelevant. You're still a criminal. So you can be really good now until the day you die, but you've still lied and lusted and blasphemed. Mm-hmm. Maybe looked at filthy images on a computer, maybe fornicated. You'd still be guilty. You'd be a bad person in the eyes of God, wouldn't you? Um, well, <laughs> I think what's important there is saying the eyes of God. The difference is when we see someone doing a crime and we label them a bad person, That's you're looking at them as a human. We can't forgive everyone, absolutely. We get, okay, we get an re- image. I want to reason with you, okay? Mm-hmm. You and I see a rapist, and we go, that's really nasty. Mm -hmm. Because this is our perspective. We're about this tall in our morality, and we look down, and things get more and more scummy in our eyes. But God's perspective is way above ours. He's way holier. So he looks down, and he sees lying and stealing as huge atrocities because of his perspective. You and I get turned off when something gets really disgusting to us. Mm -hmm. God gets turned off at things that we don't think are very bad because he has a higher perspective than we do. So lying to him is an abomination. Taking his name in vain is an atrocious thing to do because his perspective is so high and so holy. That's what the Bible teaches, that all sin and we all fall short of its standard. And what we've earned for ourselves is wrath. That's what we've earned. And while we think we're good compared to, well, pretty much everybody else on this campus, compared to God's standard, and that's the only standard that matters, we're bad people. So God must give people what they deserve because he's just. But there's something inside of you that is, I can see it in your eyes, you're going, that means everybody's going to hell. It means everybody should go to hell. That's what we've all deserved. There's nobody on this campus or anywhere in the world who hasn't lied or lusted or was snotty to their parents 
took his name in vain. That's what we've all earned for ourselves. But there's also something inside of you that says, that is depressing. And is that all there is to God, just justice? No, he has other attributes. He's kind and he's merciful. But here's the dilemma. He's got to give you what you deserve. Because if he turns a blind eye to justice, he would no longer be just and holy. And he can't do that. But he's also a loving God, and he loves you. Despite your crimes against him, he loves you. So here's the tension. God's got to give you wrath, but he wants to give you mercy. To satisfy both so he can show you mercy, wrath had to be poured out on somebody. You or somebody else. Who did God pour his wrath out on so that you could be forgiven and he could show mercy to you? That's an interesting way to look at it, and I, I guess it's a very logical, step-by-step way to see it. Um, you like logic. Yeah, I do. Um, who did God pour his wrath out on so you don't have to go to hell? But see, the thing is, I may like logic, but I don't think it works that way. I mean, we, whenever we think of God, we sort of anthropomorphize God. We think, oh, God is like a human but perfect, but that's not true. We can't say that. We can't apply these that, human that's, ideas that's to God. possible, but I would actually suggest to you, because we're as creation, we think in a way similar to God, in a fallen way. But if we're grasping for justice, his standard must be much higher. Okay, here's the question, though, all right? Mm-hmm. Who, according to the Bible took the punishment of God on your behalf so that God's wrath and his justice could be satisfied so that you could be forgiven and go to heaven because he loves you. Well, Jesus, by dying on the cross. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that either happened or it didn't. Mm -hmm. That's either the way or it's not. And there's either forgiveness available to you or there's not. Mm -hmm. As a Christian, that's our hope. That's, that's, That's why we love our God. He died for us so that we could be reconciled to him so that he could satisfy justice because he's just but so he could show mercy he died in your place and Jesus did become a man because we needed a representative but he's also God so that the sacrifice would be acceptable to the father Christianity offers you complete forgiveness of sins and everlasting life it's either true or it's not that presentation All I can do is ask you today to think about that. It's so important because if you died, and what I'm saying to you is truth, God will thrash you. Every secret sin that you've done in darkness will be brought into the light. He's not going to let anybody get away with anything. His justice is that thorough because he's that good. But he offers you mercy. This is a good God we're talking about. Somebody who loves you so much, he died for you so that you could be forgiven. It's an act of kindness. And if you've never understood it in that terms, I I beg you to think about it that way. This isn't a threat, turn or burn. That'll happen to you. If you don't turn, you will burn. But that's not what God is in. He doesn't want to threaten you to follow him. He loves you and he said, I died for you. Come, follow me. It's an act of kindness. You should repent and trust Jesus, not to escape hell, but because he's been so kind to rescue you from hell. The Bible says you must repent and put your trust in Jesus and him alone, and he will adopt you then into his family and he'll grant you everlasting life so that he can get praised for all of eternity for being such a good God. The question is, why are you here? To glorify God. And here's how he wants to do that. He wants to save you so that he can point to you for forever and go, if anybody wants to know how good I am, I saved that rat from Georgia Tech.
I took a worm and I made him my son. And I granted him everlasting life. That's how good I am. That's your purpose in life. It's to get saved so that God can be glorified in your life. Would you ponder that today? Sure. And that's another conversation of the books, another thought-provoking conversation. All of these conversations, as you know, if you've done any witnessing yourself, are not always going to end in agreement. But hopefully, these students start to consider and start to ponder the big questions in life, the biggest questions in life. That's all we can hope for. Hey, we've got more witnessing from Georgia Tech still to come. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Three minutes tops. We'll be back. This is a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. If you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Master's Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of Gospel Partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash Pastor. All right, well, buckle up, get ready. Road Trip to Truth Season 4 is back. Host John Fabara is also back this year, but what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Ream is joining him on the Road Trip to Truth for Season 4, and this is not going to be your typical grandma's Bible study. No, 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 no. If any of our other seasons are any indication, you know exactly what you're in store for. Hard-hitting questions, controversial topics, and a heaping dose of biblical truth. Sin, death, atheism, racism, critical race theory, you name it, they're going to cover it this season, and they're not going to pull any punches while they're doing it. Get ready, because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing Christians today from a solid biblical perspective. Road Trip to Truth Season 4, available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four. That's wretched.org slash F-O-U-R. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> Please take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is 
and what he has done. Jesus is called the physician. Jesus healed many physical ailments during his ministry on earth. When he comes again, he will put an end to death and disease and give us spiritual bodies to last for eternity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back. It's Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Todd's still out on the campus of Georgia Tech. He's ready to jump right into his next conversation from what I understand. So let's send it back out to the campus now. It's Witness Wednesday. Let's see who we can find to talk to. We, we can't always promise. We don't have a money-back guarantee on this evangelism business. We can't give you your money back if you don't have a great time when you do it. Because frankly, you, you might get persecuted. But oddly enough... There's a joy that comes with that, too, when you are found worthy of persecution, that you get to be persecuted. God actually gives you joy from that, wow, the sun just came out from behind the clouds. All right, there's a dude listening to his, I'm going to be like I'm stalking him here. Hey, dude, I'm not stalking you, creeping out from behind the trees. Where are you going right now? I'm going to Student Center. Oh, so I don't have much time to talk to you on the radio, do I? Uh, no, not really. (laughs) Would you talk to me for a minute? About what? I want to ask you a question. One question. All okay. right. Do you believe in Easter? That's the question. I believe in Easter. Yeah. I'm Catholic, so yeah, I believe in it. You talking about the bunny thing and all that? <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you define it? What is Easter? The bunny thing and all that? No, I'm saying uh, like that to me is just mostly commercial, so people just make it. Money okay, then, okay. Then the, the religious part of it. The religious part of it is yeah. just supposed to be like the resurrection of Jesus. That is correct, sir. Yes, sir. So I mean. Just celebrate it. I mean, uh, oh. But do you believe in it? Do I believe in it? Yes, yes sir. Okay. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be Catholic if I didn't believe in it. So. Right. so why do you believe in it? Why do I believe in it? I don't know. I just, uh, I guess it's just faith. I, I guess I, I just... Well, what's the point? Tell me, why should I believe in Easter? You believe in Easter, I hear, so why should I believe in Easter? Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I was told this when I was very young, and then I, st- I still believe it to this day. It's just something I really can't explain. I believe it's true. And, you know, I, I respect everybody else's faith, but I still believe what, that. Okay, you know, what's the, what was the point? Why, what, what was going on there? Well, okay, so the idea is Jesus The, the, the idea is, like, yeah, that he, you know, he saved everybody from their sins and everything, and that's the whole point of Easter. Mm-hmm. So um, that's essentially what it is. Um, there's no simpler way to say it. Okay. So, does, so everybody is forgiven because he died? Essentially, that's what the holiday is about. Everybody? Yeah. Like Buddhists and Hindus and everybody? Well, in my opinion, I don't care what your walk of life is. I think that you're forgiven. So, I mean, well, I mean, as long as you lead a good life, you know. You know, I I have a little bit more of a liberal um, view of Catholicism in that sense. I don't think right. that if you're not Christian that you go to hell. So, Have you been living a good good moral life? No. <laughs> so I mean, I try, I try, but, you know. There's a few things, like, you know, have like, a couple of drinks every now and then. I don't uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, I mean, I try. You know, I think everybody does. What about lying? What about lying? How good are you in that department? Have you Depends told what kind of lie. A lie, a lie, lie. <laughs> I, sometimes I lie to mess with people. <laughs> well, you know the type I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty honest person, you know. Or just say something, you know, hey, uh, I can't come over because I'm busy, but you're just sitting there watching TV. You know, lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, they're pretty justified, though, so I don't really, yeah, I don't really have too much in that department. How do you justify it? I'm curious. How do I justify it? Okay, so let's say, I ask you a question. Do I do I look fat in these shorts? 
Like, you know, like a woman would say, do I look fat? If it, okay, if it's okay, a woman, and that and changes you, everything, though. Because <laughs> then, you know, you got you to gotta lie to her, you know. Cause, well, why? Cause why don't it, you just tell her the truth? Because women are sensitive. For See, the most here's, part. Here's what I think. I think that we tell lies in a, in a case like that, not to protect the woman, but to protect us from the woman when we tell the truth. Oh. <laughs> that's what I think. Well, it, yeah, that's kind of so what think, it is. Yeah, so I still, I still think it's a lie, but you've told lies to get out of trouble or to make yeah. yourself look better, exaggerate a story. Of course, everybody right, tried to try talk to one. their parents and just said, hey, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I, just, mm-hmm. I was just at the party, just, uh, uh-huh. you know, I, I was just there, you know. Uh-huh. Okay, what about stealing? Have you stolen anything? Nah, no. You sure? Other than music. Yeah. <laughs> well, that counts. It, it counts, yeah. Okay. But I mean, most of the stuff that I do, if I if I respect someone enough, I'll usually buy it. But if it's something that's really not worth the money that I think they're putting on that little price tag, I'm not going to buy it. Well, that's like walking into a store and saying, you know, I don't think those Ray-Ban sunglasses on top of your head are worth it. I'm going to steal them. True, but th- these are actually like well made and everything. I mean, I, I see. I produce music myself, so I can tell when someone hasn't taken the time to do something. So I don't, if I don't think it's worth my money, and I know they're still making like hundreds of thousands of dollars, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. Sound like a socialist. Let's try this one. <laughs> have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yeah. Okay, so that's not pure. That's not leading a moral life, right? Yeah, of course not. I'm not saying that I'm going to heaven. Where are you I, going I never when said you that. Die? I don't know. Like I believe in purgatory, first of all. But uh, I'm not even okay, sure if I'm going to go there. There's no place as purgatory. There's heaven. There's hell. There's heaven. There's hell. I'll probably go to hell. Probably uh, at this point in my life. Hmm. So if I just died like right now, that's probably you go happen. to hell. Probably. You're a risk taker then. Yeah, I'm, I'm living on the edge. But, you Because uh, you know, you? I, I mean, every day I'm, I try to make an improvement and stuff. I'm not. I'm not that bad. But <laughs> okay, I but mean, here, let me ask you this: If let's just say starting today, you cleaned up your act. You were perfectly moral for the rest of your life. You still have a whole lot of immorality to give an accounting for, correct? Yeah, you can say that. All right, so let's say you died in 20 years after being moral from this day forward. Well, I mean, is like the immorality, is that like some nuclear thing? Does it have a half-life or something like that? I don't think so. You know, the crime, (laughs) the guilt doesn't go away. You know, sometimes they catch these guys from World War II and they're like 95 years old. They still put them in jail because time doesn't make guilt go away. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you're talking about the difference between law. Well, I don't think, uh, well, the law would be different. Um, I don't think the law really defines, uh, the law is not God. So, you know what I'm saying? But like, God, oh, but God is the law. God is like the, I believe he's like the, um, it's a different, it's not the law that we have here. It's a higher And law. I'm not saying to disobey the law either. I'm just saying that when someone gets arrested, that doesn't mean that they don't feel bad for what they did, even if they get arrested at 95, but that's the law. So you gotta, you, you'll get arrested if you right. like, you know. Right, so if you get arrested, God yeah. arrests your heart and you die and you stand before him and he opens up the books on your life, what is God, the just judge of the whole universe, what's he going to do with you? What must he do with you? I mean, um, I'd probably, I mean, I'd probably, it'd probably be just like court of law. I'd probably try to make my case and everything. Okay, but, make your uh, case. Go. What do you got? What do I got? You're guilty. I'm, He's I'm, seen I'm the I never lusting. killed nobody. I never well, killed anybody. Have you ever been angry with somebody? Oh, uh, yeah, but we've always made up. Okay, so. but you're a murderer at heart. If you just, I'm a murderer at heart. When you yell at somebody, you flip them off, you call true, them a bad true. name. Okay, what's your next offense? What's my next offense? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, I've never really done anything too bad. Like, I've never... Have you ever lusted? Yes, yeah, so I lied? Want... Have you ever yeah. stolen? Yes, right. yeah. Okay, all of those things, those are bad things. Yes. Yeah. That, that's his laws. 
That's true. God is the law. So what's he going to do? But we believe in, um, at least in Catholicism, we believe in different levels of sin. And, like, some of them we call mortal sins. That's, like, murder. And, and, um, well, stealing to the extent of, like, let's say you go to the store and just, like, rob a bank or something like that. You put people in danger. And then we have something called venial sins. And those are supposed to be, you can forgive those, basically. Okay, but here's the the problem, though. No matter what, what, no matter how you want to categorize them. Yeah. They're an awful offense before God. And the Bible says all liars will have their part in a lake of fire. True. I will not hold him blameless who takes my name in vain. So if you've ever used God's name in a bad way, yeah. he's going he's gonna to deal with you. And he's going to yeah. give you what you deserve. That's true. I expect that. And if he's going to do that, he'll send me to hell. I expect that. But I'm a, I'm a sinner, so some right. of the things I do, I can't. i got one minute left with you. All right. Here's what I want to tell you. Please listen carefully. All right. You're right. He's going to send you to hell. But that's not his desire. He wants to save you. Yeah. But he can't just forgive your sins. Otherwise, he won't be just. So in order to forgive your sins and to rescue a a wicked guy like you and me, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take the punishment that you and I deserve. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead the third day, defeating death. Mm -hmm. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. And if you, young man, will repent... And put your trust in him. You don't go to a man in a box. You repent. Yeah. You call out to him for mercy. And you put your trust in his son and him alone. No other worldview. He says he'll take the goodness of Jesus and he'll credit it to your account. And all of your sins, past, present, and future, will be completely forgiven. And he'll grant you everlasting life. Nothing you do merits his favor. Everything Jesus did does. But in order for you to, if you will, access that, you need to repent. Yeah. Confess forsake your sins, put your trust in him, and he promises all of your sins forgiven and the righteousness of Jesus credited to your account. Then when you die, you'll go to heaven, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did. And that way he gets all the credit. No purgatory. It's heaven, it's hell. And just as quick as it started, it ends. Another Witness Wednesday is in the books, and this has been... uh, it's been an interesting day from the campus of Georgia Tech. Be preparing for all of the young men Todd had an opportunity to sit and talk with and chat with today. Some of the conversations, like the one with Malcolm, ended with encouragement. Some of the conversations, uh... But it's a good example of us keeping the main thing the main thing. And I think a lot of times in evangelism, I know I've been guilty of this, feeling like you failed if you don't see a conversion before your eyes. And that's just not understanding what our job description is versus God's job description. Our responsibility is to throw the seed or to water the seed. It's God's job description to bring the harvest. And sometimes you get to witness that. Sometimes you get to be privy to that. But the majority of the time, we're just throwing seed. And that's exactly what we saw today. Be praying for these four young men and plan on coming right back here next week for more witnessing from some campus somewhere. Come back here tomorrow for more Wretched Radio. Until then, go serve your king.